Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick concludes Session 2 of the five-part Living the Dream series. This series was taught at the Victory Worship Center in Harrogate, Tennessee. His scripture text is taken from Genesis chapter 37, verses 18 through 24. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick taught us seven things that we need to know about pride. On this broadcast, he begins by telling us how Joseph got into trouble, and then tells us five lessons that we can learn about how we can be trapped in a pit. Then, he'll bring us five things that humble us as we experience the wilderness, and he'll conclude the message by sharing us six things that we need to know about the protocol of the pit, which leads us to the protocol of the palace. And now, here's Brother Rick. Now, every one of us are going to go through the pit season. Now, the question is, why are you in the pit? What's brought you to the pit? I believe that not every pit is due to pride. In fact, let me give you some things I believe that causes pits. Number one, we're living in a cursed world. How many of you know you got an enemy. We're in a cursed world. This is a battlefield. People come to me, Brother Rick, the devil's shooting at me. I said, that's his job. You're in a war. This is not a Sunday school picnic. You're in a cursed world. And the Bible tells you in John chapter 16, verse 33, the things that I have spoken unto you, that you might have peace for in the world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. What's well, hard to be of good cheer when he just said that last statement? In this world, you're going to have tribulation. Now, be happy. Why be happy? Because I have overcome the world. And if you walk with him, how many of you know you can't suffer defeat? You may have setbacks, but you'll never be defeated. Because in him is no defeat. He's pure victory. Now, here's part of the reason we suffer bits is because we're in a cursed world. Second is bad decisions. How many of you have been a victim of your own stupidity? You have made some humdinger decisions. And you know the problem with stupid decisions is you can't even blame that on the devil. It's just you. Goofy little me caused that one. <laughs> and some pits are dug by bad decisions. Here's a third thing. Some of them are traps of the enemy. How many understand that the Bible tells us offenses must come? Boy, that scripture I don't like because I don't know why they must. I don't need them personally. Do you? I don't need offenses. What is it saying? The word offense means a snare. In other words, the enemy sets some traps for you. And sometimes we don't show our wisdom. How many of you know that sometimes we've been guilty of looking and saying, there's a trap. And we sit there and look at it and say, boy, this is really going to hurt. Man, this is going to hurt. I hope I don't lose my toes on this. And this is really going to. And then, <laughs> how many of you know that's not too smart? How many of you have been warned by God that it's a trap and you stepped in anyway? Amen. We'll have an altar call for the rest of y'all later. But anyway, how many of you know that there are traps of the enemy? There's snares of the fowler. And sometimes these are pits, he sets. Now, here's another reason that we get in pits, because we travel without a guide. Years ago, I went to Guatemala to the rainforest, and I was there with a young man from Arkansas. And because I'd been in several countries, he thought I was wise. God help him. 
And we were going to go into the rainforest. And they had a place there where you could get a guide for the rainforest. But you had to wait in this line and you had to pay for this guy. Now listen to what I'm telling you. Because I didn't want to wait and I didn't want to pay the price, I decided to go into the rainforest by myself. Two words for that. Do you know what they are? Yeah, it's stupid. And what I did was this guy was stupider because he went with me. I was his guy. Now, we got back in the rainforest. How many of you know the rainforest don't have any signs? Don't say this way out of here. You know, when you get in there, every tree kind of looks the same. Every vine kind of looks the same. And we're standing there, and there's a snake hanging down in the path on a vine. We're in the forest, rainforest. And, you know, I'm scared of snakes, and that's an understatement. But anyway, I looked at this thing, and I, I didn't want to go any farther. I was at least that smart. And here come a Guatemalan guy down the trail. And, of course, I told you last night I can't speak Spanish, so therefore I speak loud English. And when he got up, I told him, I was trying to ask him about this snake because I want to know if there's poison. And he's looking at me, and he's looking at me, and I'm like, is this thing, will it kill you? You know. And finally he got my message. He said, I totally was able to translate that. <laughs> I realized, Lord, have mercy, how stupid am I? Listen to me. Because we're not willing to wait on the Holy Spirit, because we're not willing to pay the price it takes to have him lead the journey. We find ourselves in traps because we walk without a guide. And then the fifth reason that we find ourselves in traps is we've dug them with the pick of our own pride. I mean, if you know, sometimes it's pride. It's the pick of pride you've dug this trap with, and that's the problem with Joseph. Now, God has a wilderness for us for a reason. The wilderness, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, God tells one of the reasons or part of the reasons that we are in wilderness times. And, you know, years ago it became taboo to have a wilderness experience. How many of you remember that thing that come through the body of Christ? It didn't last too long because whoever was propagating it had a wilderness experience. But anyway, how many of you know you're going to have a wilderness experience? <laughs> And boy, it was so bad. You know, somebody say, you're going through something. You know, I'm going through something. Well, man, where's your faith? You know, you just want to slap. But how many of you know that you're going to have wilderness experiences? And think about this. Moses come out of the wilderness. Abraham comes out of the wilderness. Elijah comes out of the wilderness. John the Baptist comes out of the wilderness. Jesus Christ comes out of the wilderness. Apostle Paul. Listen, you're in good company if you're having a wilderness experience this morning. Now, why does God allow wilderness experience? I'm glad you asked. Number one, to humble you. If you never had problems, you would think you were all that. Amen. How many of you know God will humble you through the wilderness? Here's the second thing. To prove you, the Bible says. Test you. Do this with me. Beep. This is only a test. How many understand God's going to test you and the world's going to test the God dream in you? And you got to understand both of these are necessary. Third, to expose the motives of your heart. So he's going to humble you, he's going to prove you, and he's going to examine the motives of your heart. Number four, he's going to develop your character. I told you years ago I lifted weights with a young man that was a Marine in a moment of temporary insanity. And as I lifted weights with this guy, my arms began to talk. I didn't even know they had a mouth. They began to say stuff like, put that down, quit, you idiot, you're killing us. And I kept bench pressing this weight, and I thought, I want to go home. And he wouldn't let me go home. 
He was bigger than me. He just got through bench pressing 230 pounds 30 times. I didn't want an argument with the guy. And when I got up from the bench and my arms were cramping, I said, I'm going to go on home now. He said, no, you can't go yet. And he made me do this, and he made me do this. And finally, I got my car holding on the bottom of the steering wheel because my arm would not go. <laughs> and he looked in my window and said the stupidest thing I'd ever heard, though I kept a straight face because he was bad. He said, you're stronger now. And I said, would you mind expounding on that? And he said, you have to use up all your strength in order to tap into new strength. And the Holy Spirit interrupted him and said, that's what I've been telling you. In your weakness, my strength. Why does God allow us to go through the wilderness to deplete your strength that you may tap into a strength that cannot be depleted? To get to the end of you that you may find a God that has no ends. That you... To reach your limit so you can tap into a limitless God. And number five, God allows us to go through the wilderness for the favor exchange. Well, I don't know about you, but I, I want to walk in that favor, don't you? I heard a guy say this week, we're walking in the fog. And I said, yeah. And he said, the favor of God. How many of you know sometimes the favor of God is like a fog? <laughs> God wants to give you his favor. Now, how you act in the pit will determine whether or not you make it to the palace. In other words, the protocol of the pit is necessary for the protocol of the palace. And in these last five minutes, I want to share with you what the protocol of the pit is about. And what you have to do when you're in the pit in order to benefit from it. Knowing these things can, number one, shorten your time. <laughs> How many of you, if you're going to be in the pit, you want to be there for the shortest time possible? All right, now here's some things. Number one, when you're in the pit, quit looking around you and start looking inwardly. How many of you know when they put you in a cistern and cover it with the lid, it gets dark in there. You really can't judge anybody else. It ain't time for you to look around. It's time for you to look inward. And every pit you go into is a time for inward examination. Quit looking around. Quit blaming everybody else. Number two, you've got to learn to separate fact from fabrication. Did you know in the pit... Everything looks real. Everything seems real. Did you know some things are not real? Did you know his brothers dipped his coat in blood and claimed his death, though he was walking with a living vision of God in his heart? Listen, the devil will fabricate false evidence when you're in pit times in your life. Don't believe everything you see. Don't believe everything you hear. Be able to separate fabrication from fact. That's important. You've got to discern the difference. I left out one, didn't I? The difference between the voice of accusation and the voice of conviction. I mean, those in the pit, you're going to hear all kind of things. There are going to be all kind of voices in the pit speaking to you. And if you can't discern the difference between the voice of God and the voice of accusation, you're going to be as confused as a termite and a yo-yo. You're not going to know which ends up. It's important for you to discern the difference. Number four, stop blaming other people and take personal responsibility and repent. You're never going to deal with pride, blaming it on somebody else. And Joseph could have sat in the pit and had a pity party. That's what we do a lot of times, isn't it? We sit in the pit and talk about why we're there. You got to stop blaming other people. I want to show you who's guilty. Take your finger like this again. In case you're wondering who I'm talking to. 
you got to take responsibility. You're there. You know, when God has you alone, you can't say, are you talking to me about this, Lord? <laughs> it becomes quite evident he's got you pinned. Amen? Ain't nobody else to shovel it off to. It's you. Number five, refuse to focus on your present circumstance and focus on the promise God's given you. In the pit, you got to refocus. I mean, if you know when it gets dark, you got to refocus your eyes. You got to start looking again and focusing again, getting the ideal of what God's wanting you to do. Focus your life. Refocus. Number six, quit trying to deliver yourself. You didn't put you there, and you can't get you out. So quit crying and start crying out. Quit whining and start reaching to Jesus. Only he can get you out of the pit. So this morning, I close this lesson. What pit are you in? Was it something that's come by curse, or has it come by the pick of your own pride? How long you going to stay in the pit? You going to stay till he finishes his work in you, or you going to do some overtime because you're unwilling to look inward and repent? The pit's necessary. The length of time is determined by you. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitful life.org. Thanks for listening.